Happy December. We are now almost a week into it already. I can't believe it. I hope that you're enjoying the Christmas lights and just the fun and the joy of the season. I just did a Facebook Live in my oil support and education group on Facebook, teaching all about the power of frankincense, and it just got me thinking that I had done an Oils of the Bible class on this podcast last year or the year before, I don't remember, but when we think of the gifts brought to the baby Jesus, I always think about frankincense this time of year because we get it for free. If you have a doTERRA membership, you get it for free with a $200 order. If you're interested in that, please reach out. It's such a powerful oil. It not only connects you to the truth and to God emotionally, but it's so powerful as an anti-inflammatory and good for skin and all things calming in the body. Really powerful for some actual really bad things that happen in our bodies. And so it's such a gift. And so I'm going to post that episode today. And I hope that if you didn't catch it the first time around, that this just connects you to the truths of scripture, connects you to the gifts that God has given us through plants. And I hope that you reach out as I, as I teach about these plants, you know, it is something that has been on my heart and that is what started the business more than just I was looking for a business. I was not, but it is just so powerful when you learn about the gifts that God has on this earth. And I hope that this connects you to the Christmas story and just what another part of the depths of God's scripture can allow us to see. Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. After being widowed at 38 with three little kids and now blending our family with a man that made my heart come back to life, I know that it is hard to calm the chaos through life's ups and downs. If you are lost in the overwhelm of motherhood, if you're trying to be mindful of true self-care again, or if you need to find simple ways to detox your life, mind, and home, come to The Well our online wellness collaborative of coaches where you can find restoration through natural wellness, inner healing, and faith that brings freedom to your heart. In the Bible, the woman at the well went to the well for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. Grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. This episode is so near and dear to my heart. It's almost like pinch me. I get to have a podcast and be able to share this information. So grab a cup of coffee or hot tea. If you're listening to this when it comes out, it's in December. So sit in front of your Christmas tree and just sit and soak up all of the goodness that the Bible has for you and all of the provision and love that God pours on you in plants and in nature and how using essential oils has been such a gift to learn that he loves you and he's provided for you. I have been using essential oils for over eight years now. It has gone by in a flash, but I had never heard of essential oils before 2013. I got into them because of hearing the different plants that I had grown up listening to in Sunday school class like frankincense and myrrh being brought to baby Jesus in the Christmas nativity story. And I 
basically started in essential oils because of that fact, because I'm like, well, why were these substances brought to baby Jesus? And maybe this is something that I need to look into. I did. I fell in love with aromatic compounds. That's what essential oils are. All the different plants that have essential oils do something different in the body. And the science of them and the provision of them by God has been something that has been a passion of mine for all of these years. So I'm going to go into the scripture, the Holy Bible, and I'm going to break down a lot of the different scriptures that are about these plants in the Bible from the beginning of time. And I hope that this just speaks to your heart, especially this holiday season. I'll get to gold and frankincense and myrrh at the very end. If you go to the very beginning of the Bible, you go to Genesis. So if you go to Genesis 1, it begins within the beginning, and we start to see the brilliance of creation. We start to see the brilliance of plants. And in Genesis 1, 11 through 13, God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit tree bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And then later, in a couple verses later, God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So you see at the very, very beginning of the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth and man and animals and separated the sky. I mean, all of the things that he did. And he gave us all of these amazing plants with seeds in them that create life and they are meant for food. So it is exciting. We know that we've eaten for generations, but then what happened? Right away in Genesis 3, humans messed up, right? We have a tendency as human beings to want to do it ourselves and try to be like God. That is literally what sin is, is trying to put ourselves in the place of God. And so Eve talked her husband Adam into eating the fruit, right? And we've already made a mistake when it comes to the plants that God had made for us. But this was not the end of the story. God didn't say, well, too bad. Now you don't get my plants. He actually had known that sin would come into the world. Before then, everything was perfect. They lived in Garden of Eden where they had perfect communion with God. He talked to them in the mornings. He, he had a full relationship with them. But after sin had entered into the world, what happened? It said that there were thorns and they were going to have to work the land and childbirth was going to be painful and sin was now here. Well, does the Bible say then that then God came up with a bunch of plants that were made for healing? As an essential oil, a plant medicine educator, this is the coolest thing that I get to, to break down is that these plants were already here that we would be using forever for a medicinal benefit. So we knew that they were for food because they needed to eat from the very beginning. But then these same plants have such medicinal purposes that we use them for medicines from here on out. So were there essential oils in the Bible? No. <laughs> um, finding, getting the essential oils from plants um, have to be steam distilled or cold pressed. And those techniques were not invented until centuries and centuries later. What God did do, though, was set the stage for everything that was ahead. 
So first let's look at the, at the human body. So he's already created the whole entire earth, humans, and the human body. Our bodies have a hundred trillion cells and these oils that are now steam distilled, we had the plants, which we'll talk about in a second, but one drop of essential oil contains 40 million trillion molecules. That allows 40,000 molecules to service every cell of our body. And so these plants were already made. They have very medicinal benefits to the body through the leaves, sometimes through the bark, sometimes through the stems, sometimes the flowers, sometimes the roots. So what is really cool when you study plants is that you see these brilliant properties that they help in our body. And the plants that I'll talk about today are all aromatic compounds, meaning that they all have a smell to them. They're all, um, not all plants have essential oils, but the ones that do are always aromatic compounds. So these plants that were created all the way back then, we have flowers and like rose and jasmine and lavender, and they all are really soothing to not only the systems of our body, but also to our emotional state. We have citrus like lemon and lime and grapefruit and green mandarin and all of the different mandarins. They're, they are all different colors. They all smell amazing. They're very cleansing to the body when you take them internally. They also help your emotional, emotional health by feeling so much happier. You have all the mints. You have um, peppermint and spearmint and different herbs that are all really cleansing. Um, and they all just help you feel more alive. Um, you have the spices like clove and cinnamon and cardamom. They're hot, so they are hot on, on parasites and germs and junky stuff in the body. Um, but they are also emotionally help bring back a spice of life and just give more energy to the body. You have the beautiful trees like Douglas fir and Siberian fir and birch are all analgesic. They, um, when you use the essential oils of these plants, are really soothing to your muscles and to your joints, and they're just so comforting, and they help you feel grounded. Those big tree systems help you feel grounded. So you might be thinking, okay, we have this amazing nature. Yes, sin is in the world, but God has still provided for us. How do we get so far off track? Just the same as Adam and Eve decided, I do it myself, that is what we decided as basically a society. We had, for centuries and centuries, we used plants, we used what God had given us for medicines, for emotional health. We ate real food. Um, and then after the Industrial Revolution, we started to figure out, oh, if we synthetically make this in a lab, we're going to be able to make more money. We're going to be able to patent things. And instead of just using lavender for your antihistamine and for sleeping better and for your burns and for your bug bites and sleep and um, calming your emotions, now we can patent six different medicines that will that we'll be able to sell independently, synthetically made in a lab to do it. So every time we take what God has created for good and we try to change it into something that is fake or synthetic or not the real deal, there's going to be consequences for that. So there's a scripture from Romans 12, 2 that says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
I just pray as you listen to these scriptures, you feel that like, even though we've kind of messed up as a society, as a culture, we've taken matters into our own hands, we've tried to play God, that we can always go back to look for the lovely things that God gave us. We can look for the grace and look for the mercy that he's bestowed on us in nature. So he wants healing for us. There are actually three different types of healing in the Bible. The Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, so the words don't always translate just perfectly to how we know them, but there are three different kinds of healing in the Bible, and I'm not going to try to butcher the Greek, but it's a gradual healing. There was also sometimes an instant healing, and then there was also a spiritual healing. So when you talk, when you learn about healing in the Bible, a lot of times plants come up, and that's what what sparked my interest as I got into essential oils were, well, why were those gifts brought to Jesus? Why did they talk about these plants in the Old Testament? And so I'm going to go through some of the scriptures that was for healing in the Bible. From Mark 6, 12 through 13, um, it says, So they went out, this is the disciples, and they proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Now, a lot of times when we're talking about being anointed with oil, it was a fatty carrier oil, we call them now. It wasn't an essential oil. It was probably um, olive oil, different oils that we have today that we would more think of as cooking oils. But then there's also other, other little insights into essential oils or the plants that we use now for essential oils. In Ezekiel 47 verse 12, it says, and on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. So remember the essential oils are either steam distilled or cold pressed, but a lot of times they are on those healing essential oil molecules are on the leaves of the plant. And then in Revelation 22 verse 2, it says the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And so we get this imagery so much in the Bible about these plants also being for healing. Another really cool part of anointing with oil is that the Hebrew word masach, M-A-S-A-C-H, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, which is to rub or to massage. The biblical meaning is often with oil. And when they anointed with oil, it was a tool that they used for, again, sometimes that instant healing, sometimes a spiritual healing, and sometimes a gradual healing. And so it's a tool that can be used. And that's how I coach other people and teach other people is to use your oils as a tool that goes along with what you already do. My favorite scriptures, though, that start to list out pretty much at the beginning of the Bible, Exodus is only the second book of the Bible, starts to list out how God actually said to use certain plants that we now know that they have essential oils in them and they and God directed them to make a holy anointing oil when they were asked to bring sacrifices to the temple they would use this recipe so God is the is the first one that starts talking about these plants in ways that they have a lot of medicinal benefit so the Lord said to Moses this is Exodus 30:20 20 through 29 Take the finest spices, 
liquid myrrh, 500 shekels, sweet smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, and 500 of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. So he talks about this recipe that a lot of these are essential oils, cassia and cinnamon and myrrh, and you make this oil. You would probably put the plant, um, the resin, or the different, the actual, like the, the cinnamon bark, you would probably put that in the olive oil back then so that it would soak up all of those, what we know now today to be essential oils, and it would get in the carrier oil, the, the olive oil, just like we use today. And he says to clean the altar and the utensils and the basin. So he gives them these directions. Isn't this so cool? This is where they would bring the sacrificial animals. So can you imagine like the blood and the bacteria and just the real filth of killing these animals that were needed for the sacrifice? And this is what God sends to clear to clean the table. Isn't that so beautiful? So even though they have the people have already messed up, they now need to bring sacrifice to please God because they have broken this communion with God. But he's already given the plants that are going to be super cleansing and antibacterial and healing, <laughs> ultimately. But in this case, they clean the table. They clean the utensils. Um, then he also tells Moses to make a holy anointing incense. And um, that has very many of the same, it has a lot of the same ingredients but he also has some frankincense in there, and that is why Catholic churches to this day use frankincense. And I'll get into a little bit more about why that is such a powerful oil in a second. So we see these oils being used and literally being directed to be used by God. We see people using these powerful oils and aromatic compounds to be worshiping, to be cleaning Jesus' feet with their hair, anointing people with oil for the healing. And so it's just so, it's so cool to think that these gifts were given so long ago. And nothing is a surprise to God. He knows what we're going to need. It's already here. And he even directs us on how to use it. Another thing that shows God's intense, intense love for us is all the scriptures about the oil of joy. In Isaiah 63, verse 3, it says, To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. So it talks about the oil of gladness uh, quite a few times. In Psalm 45, 7-8, through 8, it says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. And in Proverbs 27, 9, it says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. In Hebrews 1, 9, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. So why, are, why is the Bible talking about this oil of joy? Oil of joy, it comes up so many times. And if you know anything about essential oils, you know that they have a physical, very medicinal benefit to the body, but they also have 
a really powerful way of changing the way that your brain processes emotion. And so they truly give you feelings of joy when you smell something. This is, this is from the limbic system of your brain. Your olfactory bulb is right behind your nose there where you smell something. It is the only sense in the body that doesn't have to be processed by the brain first. Your sense of smell goes immediately to your brain. It affects your memory, your learning, your appetite, your cravings, your emotions, and they're all tied to a sense of smell. And so when we think about when the Bible's referencing cassia and myrrh and cinnamon and um, talking about the different beautification processes, like in the Song of Solomon, another book of the Bible, talks about using myrrh and different things for beauty. All of these have a scent to them, and they affect the way that we process emotion when we smell something. And so using aromatherapy is actually really, really powerful, and I think a gift, and I think that that's confirmed in Scripture. Okay, so the moment that you have been waiting for, I'm going to break down what, what the different oils are that have been referred to all of this time. There's over 40 different aromatic plants referred to in the Bible, but I just picked about five or six of them. So cassia is the first one, and cassia is in the cinnamon family. It's not quite as sweet as cinnamon, but a lot of times the cinnamon that you would buy to do your baking is actually a, a form of cassia, not the cinnamon. Cinnamon's really expensive. In the Bible, the uses were for the holy anointing oil, perfume, and it's one of the oldest spices in the world. The modern day uses are to promote a healthy immune system, to increase energy. You can put it in your water for a clean mouth and healthy looking teeth. Um, you can put it in hot water or tea or honey to soothe your throat and to promote digestive health meaning it'll help you go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, and it's a, a couple drops in a spray bottle are really good for a cleaning spray. So remember, a lot of these were used in God's cleaning recipe <laughs> on the altar. It also tastes really great, so it can be used in your baking and your cooking. And then cedar wood is referred to many times in temple worship, in emotional cleansing, in the embalming process, in enhanced mental clarity, and an insect repellent, repellent back in the Bible. Um, now we use it for different massage, for respiratory function, using it topically to help the skin, to put it in a diffuser or inhale it when you need to feel confident and grounded. Um, it's just really good calming oil. So to put on at the end of the day, it's also really good to put on a cotton ball and to keep in your closets or storage areas to keep moths away because they don't like cedar wood. Then we have cinnamon is also in the holy anointing oil in Exodus. It was used as a perfume and today it's very much similar to cassia. We use it to boost our immune system and to have more energy to drink for healthy digestion and to boost our immune system, clean with it, basically everything the same as cassia. Now cypress, we think of it's an amazing tree that even probably the ark the, that Noah built was probably um, used a lot of different gopher woods and different cypress. Um, but it's also um, in biblical times used to soothe pains, laryngitis, um, ease cramps, and we do all of that same thing today. We use cypress to stimulate the circulatory system to help with respiratory function 
and it's really stimulating but also grounding for our emotions and anxious feelings. Now, um, that scripture that you just heard about aloes, those are in the sandalwood family, and we use sandalwood essential oil today. In biblical times, they used it to assist meditation. It was an aphrodisiac for part of the embalming process and used by those mourning the loss of a loved one. And those same uses are used today, but I also really think of it as a beautifying oil, so good for your skin if I ever have some breakouts. I use a lot of sandal, sandalwood in my moisturizer. Now, spikenard was probably the oil that Mary used to anoint Jesus' feet, and it was um, used as incense back in biblical times. It was very sedative, an herbal medicine to fight difficulties in birth um, and other minor ailments, and it was used by Barry, Mary of Bethany, like I said, during the Last Supper. Today, we use it for very similar things, great for purifying the skin, for promoting uh, feelings of calmness and rejuvenation. But what is just so exciting is that all of these plants that were used in biblical times can still be used today. And we're learning so much more about the benefits and it makes these scriptures come back alive. So let's look at the Christmas story. <laughs> um, in Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12, it talks about the amazing gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. We don't know exactly how old Jesus was, but we do know that these three men from the East brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these were probably um, very unique gifts, Mary would have thought when they were brought to her son. These were very unique gifts for her son. And she knew that this was a virgin birth, that this was a miracle, that this was God's promised Savior. And so she was probably very taken aback by some of these gifts because she was still learning who he would be probably in her heart. So first we have gold, and that, was, that meant that he was a king. Um, then we have frankincense, and frankincense was really brought to different priests. It was valued more than gold during ancient times. It symbolizes divinity. So it was also used to anoint the newborn sons of kings and priests, which really explains why it would have been brought to Jesus. Um, it was used in worship, but it's also used in the incense, like we read about in Exodus, for medical treatment, for perfume. It was also an anointing oil. It was known to be like a cure-all. And that is what we think of it now. I describe frankincense as a super boost oil. It helps all the other oils work better in the body. And it's just a very gentle, soothing oil, but also helps you emotionally really connect to God. So this is my favorite, favorite part of frankincense, is that there is some imagery of how frankincense is sourced that is very, very beautiful. Um, the frankincense trees come from Somaliland, all in the Middle East, Oman. Um, there's different strains of the plant of frankincense, but you get it in a very specific way. And it has so much imagery about the life of Jesus. So when you um, need frankincense, you need to get the resin of frankincense. So the frankincense tree actually needs to be slashed. They kind of do the scoring where they cut into the tree and these tears sap um, kind of leak out 
And that's where they get the resin to be steam distilled to make frankincense. So there's all this amazing imagery of even how frankincense is sourced for us to get the essential oil that makes us think about how Jesus was wounded and lashed and beaten for our transgressions, that those tears come down, that people thought that Jesus was dead, but he wasn't dead. He rose to life. And we have this beautiful oil after this whole distillation process. So it is so, so cool what frankincense does. And then we have myrrh is the final gift brought to Jesus. This was used in biblical times as an embalming oil. So Mary would have had the heartbreaking knowledge of knowing that this was foretelling the death of her son. And so it is sad for us to think about, but also so beautiful because we know that he rose again. Um, so in biblical times, myrrh was used for pregnant mothers um, against infectious disease and to elevate feelings of well-being after birth. They believed that it would protect the unborn child from generational curses. And today we really use it as the same thing. We use it for cuts and skin abrasions, for irritations on the skin. It is good to put on a baby's umbilical cord when they're born. And I think of it as liquid Band-Aid because it's kind of gooey. It's like sappy. It's the, um, the way that we get it is very similar to frankincense. And so it gets really, really thick. So I hope that these scriptures and some of the biblical parts of why we have these plants, I hope that it helps it come to, li come to life for you a little bit more. Um, I want to leave you with this scripture. Psalm 139, 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If God puts in this much attention to detail in plants, think about the human body. Think about how these plants work with how your body systems work. Think of how he has provided in nature. And he's provided all of these natural tools for us because he loves us, because he had a plan, because he didn't want to leave us sunk and he loves us so, so much. I hope you come to know the oil of gladness, that you find the smells from nature, from God's provision that make you feel better on, on an emotional basis. You are known and loved by the God who created all things, who is in all things, who has provided for you and will forever provide for you and is preparing a place in heaven for you. And so I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, when I post it or send me a DM um, at Kari underscore Turner underscore Davis on Instagram, give me a little message and tell me your favorite part and how these scriptures came to life for you. Merry Christmas if you're listening to this before Christmas, and when you read your children the Christmas story this year, I hope that you know that you are loved and you are provided for. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the Well podcast. Please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the Well.